welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Let's open up our Bibles. I guess we're, th- we're thumbing through the book of Acts, aren't we? Next week, I don't know if you guys know, uh, we're having five for five, my favorite Sundays. So I'm really pumped, and uh, we're going to have five people who are going to share about what they've been reading in the book of Acts. So let's show up and cheer them on, because once you get up here, it's not always as easy to share as you might think when people ask you. When you get up here, sometimes everything changes. <laughs> okay, so you're in the book of Acts. Um, so what's been happening in the book of Acts? we see basically that full-on revival is taking place. They were waiting in the upper room, and what happened? They waited for the Holy Spirit, and almost like mass pandemonium, and a good kind of chaos started to take place, and that was the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in the Gospels before he left, he said, it's better that I go. Okay, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. So when Jesus came, they were waiting for this promise of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit came. I love the Holy Spirit, and I I know I've said this before, um, but I, I love that when you talk about Holy Spirit, some people might say the Holy Spirit, some people might say Holy Spirit, each to his own. I'm not going to hold either against you, but I, I love the Holy Spirit. I, I, I love that he longs to have relationship with us. I love that we can talk about the Holy Spirit because, church, the Holy Spirit is not weird. He's not weird. And like I've said before, people, we're weird. We can be weird. We can be a little kooky. But there's nothing kooky and there's nothing weird about the Holy Spirit. And he longs, longs, longs to have a relationship with each and every one of us. He longs to to come and meet with us each and every day. And you can see as if who's been reading through the book of Acts and not just waiting for it to be preached about on Sunday morning. We've had a lot of them. Our students at Grow, they've been reading through the book of Acts, and that's really been awesome and encouraging to see that. But a lot of people, if they don't read through the book of Acts, they just think that it was a one-time filling. But guess what? You can see over and over and over that they're getting filled, and they're getting filled, and they're getting filled. And guess what happens when people get filled with the Holy Spirit? Things happen. People get saved. People get saved. Because I'm telling you, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, your life never is the same again. I got filled with the Holy Spirit at a very young age. I was blessed to be part of this, like, rockin' revival in the 80s church where they just loved Jesus. And I didn't know anything else but to love Jesus. I can remember just Sunday nights, just meeting after meeting, you know, and people marching around the room and just singing out the praises of God on their face before God, just hungering for God. And that's the Jesus that I knew at two years old and three years old and four years old and and five years old. So the Holy Spirit isn't like here. The Holy Spirit's here. I don't talk about him like he's afar off. I don't talk about God or Jesus like they're afar off. God is not watching us from a distance. God is here. Okay, sure, but he's here. Like the song said, he is here. He's standing in our midst. God, we worship you. And when we get a revelation that God is not just with us, but he's in us. God's just not for us, but he lives in us. That we are, we are his. We belong to him. I am his. He is mine. He's a part of me. 
I'm a part of him and apart from him. I can do nothing. Upon that revelation, when you understand, and we were talking about this, remember we were praying on Thursday night, and we kept saying that we're children of God. Upon that revelation, everything changes, and we are never the same. God longs for this. So you see this in the book of Acts. Full-on revival is taking place. Totally taking place. It's wild. It's wild. And revival is happening here. There is a revival of honor happening. There is a revival of the fear of the Lord that's taking place in this season. There is a revival of healing taking place. There is a revival in marriages and homes taking place. There is a revival of relationships of children being mended with their, with their fathers and mothers and mothers and fathers being mended with the hearts of their children. Just because something might look different than it did before doesn't mean that revival isn't happening. Like Matt Redman wrote a song. He said, send revival, but start with me. Don't be judging things now because they look different than before. Because if we're looking for what happened then, we'll miss what God is doing now. The best thing that we can get, that we can do each and every morning is get on our face before our feet touch the floor and say, Jesus, would you meet with me? Jesus, I long to be more like you. Not wasting our time judging this, judging that, saying this and saying that. But your relationship with God this season is what counts. It's not something. It's everything. So I'm going to have to read a few scriptures here just to get through that. Is this okay? I asked them not to do slides for everything. Um, And we really want to be encouraging um, us as a church family Um, let's bring our Bibles to church. If you have a Bible, let's bring them to church. We thank God for the slides. We thank God for the people that do the slides. But I'm telling you, there is nothing, there is nothing like holding your Bible and reading it in church. You can bring a pen. You can mark things down in it that God is showing you. The Bible is part of who we are. Amen. Okay. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that does not return void. God, we thank you for your spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Lord, we thank you for illumination in this place, that our eyes are opening wider today, that our hearts are expanding farther, Lord Jesus. God, would you make us more like you today than we were uh, like you yesterday? And we all said, amen. Okay, so we're in Acts 5, verse 1. And it says, but a man, and I'm reading out of the English Standard Version today, but a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back himself some of the proceeds. Okay, so you remember Pastor Jake, I don't know if he got this far last week, but he was talking about, um, we can only testify of the things that we've seen in here. I believe that's what he spoke about. Okay, so after this happened, it talks about how they had all things in common. I don't know if you read that, but they had all things in common. And what happened was that they would, they laid their, they would sell things and they would just lay them at the apostles' feet. So they were selling things that nothing of mine belonged to me anymore. We were just all going to share it. We were all going to share it. We were all going to lay it before the apostles' feet and we were going to give it to the Lord. Okay, glad I said that just to put this in context. Okay. So we have Ananias and Sapphira who sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back from himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. You see that? But Peter said, see, you got to be careful talking to people who are filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will show you things. Josiah told, told someone one time, he's like, my mom knows everything. <laughs> 
everything. <laughs> Thank God for the Holy Spirit and the fear of the Lord and the fear of mom. It, there's a healthy fear of mom and dad. Okay, but, Anani but Peter said, to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. That is not a good thing. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. Look at your neighbor and say, great fear. Oh, everyone said that like, ooh, great fear. The young man rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. The story's not finished. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in. This would have been Sapphira. Not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me, he's giving her an opportunity. Tell me whether you sold the land for this much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your, buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came and they, they found her dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband in great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Look at your other neighbor say, great fear. Okay, so you see that after these things, so you see that now the Holy Spirit has broken out. Now they have all things in common. They're laying things at the apostles' feet, okay? There's just a high level of everything happening. And then you have Ananias and Sapphira that said they were going to do something and they didn't do it. And now you see this great fear has come upon the church, and then now what happens is there's total breakout. There's signs and wonders that are happening. More than ever, it's saying that people were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that even um, sick people were getting uh, healed in the streets. They were carrying out people in cots and mats. And Peter came by at least that his shadow fell on people and it healed them. It touched them. And people gathered from towns all around out of Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those who afflicted with unclean spirits. And they were healed. My message today is called The Roots Produce the Fruit. I think we have a slide for that cadence. The Roots Produce the Fruit. It's a revival of the fear of the Lord. I think a lot of times what happens in life is we get focused on the effect. Well, I want this, I want that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But we have to focus on the cause of something. So I want you to just hold on to that for a minute. The cause being the fear of the Lord. So if you look in verse 17, but it says, but the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They, were arrested, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple. Is that not wild? Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in prison, so they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked. Securely locked. And the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. 
God will do whatever it takes to get his name known, apparently. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this world come, has come to, or what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and they're teaching the people. Then the captain and the officers went and brought them, not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charged you uh, not to teach in this name. You notice they weren't saying his name. They just said this name. They weren't acknowledging the name of Jesus. But people knew. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring man's blood upon, him, upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. Peter is not cowering. Oh, we must obey God. Kind of like how we all went, the fear of the Lord. Peter wasn't talking like that. He's not saying we should obey God rather than men. He's saying we must obey God rather than men. And this is Peter. It wasn't too long ago that Peter was walking on water sinking. Not too long ago. It wasn't too long ago that, P that Jesus looks at Peter. You can see this in the Gospels. He said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith would not fail. Knowing probably that Peter was just about to deny him three times. This is the same Peter. It doesn't make sense. This is the same Peter. After he did all that, Jesus is like, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Peter means, uh, the Greek word for Peter is Petra. It means rock. So when Jesus was saying, upon you, Peter, I'm going to build my church. I heard someone say that God, God will use us um, in spite of who we are. Sounds good, doesn't it? I want to take that a level further. God wants to use every person in this place because of who you are. Did you get that? God wants to use every person in this place, whether you have failed to walk on water, whether you have denied the name of Jesus, whether you have fallen so fall, far short of the glory of God, not in spite of who you are, but because of who you are. There was such a passion in Peter. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I imagine he had a lot of time to think hard and long. But why did I deny Jesus? I said I would follow you everywhere. I jumped out of the boat with all my clothes on. He was very passionate. Maybe like me, I'm very passionate. This is the same Peter. God wants to use every person in this place. Nothing brings compassion in your life like pain. You want to know where God wants to use you? Look at your pain. Think about that. You want to know how God wants to use you? Look at your pain. Don't look at the pain that you've been through as a curse. Because I look at the pain that I've gone through in my life as a joy. And I count it all joy. Because I'm able to pray with people a little bit differently. Actually, a lot differently. And say, I've been there. I have been in a, a pit of depression so big I wanted to take my life. I have been into so many deep places, but that didn't count me out of the race. 
Because God continued to say, Jenny, my grace is sufficient for you. When you are weak, you are so strong, not just a little bit strong. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, friends, everything changes. And I'm praying and I'm believing that we grab this, that we are children of God. And what the enemy intended for evil, that God is turning it around for good. Whether we've denied the name of Jesus, whether we've walked in adultery, whether we've walked in betrayal, whether we've stolen, whether we've lied, whatever we have done, it doesn't matter because the blood of Jesus is against you. It's against you. It's over you. It goes before you. It's around you. This is Peter. There's a passion in his heart. We must obey God rather than men. And you're not going to stop me. So this word obey, we have a slide for the word obey. I'm not going to try to pronounce that word, but if you are amazing, you go ahead. You can come grab the mic and... No, we don't have time to grab the mic. But it says, so obey means to obey authority, to follow, to obey to conform. And I imagine, like I said, Peter had some time to think about, you know, I said that I would follow you anywhere, Jesus, but I really didn't because when push came to shove, I denied you. I denied the one that I said I would follow anywhere. But like Pastor Brett said the other night, to follow, he's talking about the rabbi. Remember that for those of you who were here? You just follow so close at the dust, the dust of, of his footprints. He must have been walking like this, but the dust would get upon you because you're following him so close. We must follow. What he's saying is, is I must follow God more than I will follow you. I'm not following you. I'm following God and I'm following him so close that everything about God is getting upon me and everything in God is getting within me. Are you getting this? Are you getting this today? But there's a cause and the effect. There's a lot of times in life say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You won't have to watch what you say if you watch what you think. True? You won't have to watch what you think about if you watch what you're, what you're, what you're putting inside of your heart. And go to, go to Acts 5.11 here. It says, And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. It was the fear of the Lord in, in Peter's life that produced the obedience of God. It's the fear of, in, in our heart for Jesus Christ that's going to produce the obedience of God. It's not obedience. It's not just saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. It's getting up in the morning and saying, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? It's the consistency. And we're going to look at a few spiritual disciplines that we can do. Proverbs 1.7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It also says in the message translation... It says, start with God. Look at your neighbor and say, start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. We got to bow down. We got to bow down each and every morning, each and every day. I'll tell you one of the things that will absolutely push us out of the fear of the Lord is busyness. I'm so busy. I have to do this and I have to do that. I get it. I get it. But I have had to become personally so intentional about my time because I realized that what was happening in my busyness that seemed good, but it wasn't necessarily God, was it was losing my capacity because now 
You're carrying more people in your heart. I need to be praying for you. We need to be praying about the next steps. We need to be praying about where we're going. You need to be, parents, you need to be praying about where your family is going. You need to be praying already, parents, into the next year. God, where do you want to take our family? What do you want to do in our family this year that you didn't do last year? Busyness. We have to watch that. I had an opportunity to go to Nashville last week. I knew that it was coming. I knew knew about it for months. And I just said, God, you're going to have to make it really clear because I really don't have time to go. I wasn't pumped to go. Like so many people are like, aren't you pumped? No, not really. Whatever God wants. And and this, I just want to give you an example of, of how, and I was sharing this with Willow the other night, of how um, intentional I'm being right now, and I'm, I'm, let me say I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm intending, I'm purposing to be right now, is I said, God, if you want me to go, you're going to have to make it totally clear, like totally get my attention like burning bush. Tuesday night, I had a dream. I woke up on Wednesday. I don't remember dreams. I forgot about it. And then I was getting ready for the morning. The Lord reminded me of the dream. And in my dream, I was in Nashville. And I said, God, how am I in Nashville? He said, oh, well, you changed the parameters of your flight. And I said, oh, true. This is true. Oh, okay. So then Wednesday, you know, like he's reiterating this to me because this is the kind of relationship we have. We just talk. And I, Jake's downstairs getting ready, and I just, like, quietly come downstairs. And I see my laptop there, and I just quietly open it by the fire. I'm not saying anything to Jake. And I look at the parameters that God said. And guess what? There was one ticket left for way cheaper. But I'm talking, my point being, living in such intentionality of the fear of the Lord of God, what do you want us to do? Because we cannot afford right now in this season to be spending time on things that, we, that God has not called us to or things or places or people. It starts, like the scriptures say, can we put that up against cadence? It starts with bowing to God. It says that in the message translation, Proverbs 1-7. Start with bowing to God. The, that's the first step. So let's look at some things that can help produce a healthy fear of the Lord. If you have a pen, just write these things down quickly. Some basics, and these are some basic spiritual disciplines. Studying the word, reading about God, the works of God, the person of God, the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and hiding his word in our heart. We're talking about this in Grow 101. It has been so fun to talk and to teach about the Bible even just memorizing our books of the Bible. I love last Tuesday, someone came up to me. She's like, I almost got it. I almost have all my books of the, of the Bible memorized. And you could say, it doesn't matter. Well, it does. Because we want to know this inside out and upside down. So start with studying the word. Number two, practice listening to the voice of God. Well, how do I hear the voice of God? Well, come talk to us after, and we would love to talk to you more and walk you through it. But Jesus wants to talk to you in your everyday. God talks to me just through dreams, apparently. God will talk to me through his word. A lot of times, I just hear him talking right here. And that still small voice, Jen, don't do that. Hey, Jen, go do this. Hey, go talk to that person. Hey, put the phone down. You've been on it way too much today. 
Listen to God. He wants to talk to you. Creating space and capacity in my heart to listen. And not just to listen, but to hear. I like the word hear because it has the implication of obedience to it. Number three, cultivate a life of prayer. Setting the Lord before us always. If you have to, write it down. I have a friend down in the south and she has a prayer wall. And she adds people to her prayer wall every single week. I think a lot of times we're like, okay, I'll remember that. I'll pray for this person, that person. Well, if you know more than five people, it's going to be hard to keep up. Or just little things. Like I told you, like I have a part of my phone and you know what it says, God to me? Just little things that he says to me. Cultivate a life of prayer. It'll produce a greater fear in the Lord. Um, in all of us. Psalm 16, 8 says, I've set the Lord always before me. Say always. Before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Next one is be a worshiper of God. Cultivating a life of worship. I'm telling you, friends, worship is more than a song. I'm sorry if, 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 if um, Christianity maybe has has communicated that worship's just a song. That's an expression of worship. And I love singing praises to God like the next person. But if you go and read in, in Romans 1 in, in the message, it says, take your everyday ordinary life, you're eating and you're sleeping and you're drinking and present it before God as an offering. That's what worship is. Worship is like Isaiah 6 when Isaiah say, he comes into the presence of the Lord and he's, I see the Lord. And he's high and lifted up. And the train of his robe fills the temple. And what happens as he comes into the presence and into the glory of the Lord? The angel takes the coal to his lips. And what does he say? Whoa, I've become undone. You'll know you're a worshiper of God when you know the correction of God. Did you get that? You'll know. If, if I'm in seasons where I, I have not been being corrected by God... I know I probably haven't been following close enough. I probably haven't been spending enough time with him. You know, and, and God doesn't, he's, he's so kind. And he's so gentle. A lot of times, you know, we can just like slap each other across the face. God will just like, you know, put his hand on my head and just say, you know what, don't do that. Don't do that. Or you need to go say sorry to that person because you really hurt them. When we're worshipers of God, he'll just do little things to correct us so that we stay on course. Just a few other things, just little disciplines, and this is not exhaustive, but practicing Sabbath has, has completely changed our life, totally changed our life. People say, can you do that? No, I've got a meeting. I've got a meeting, and you know what? I've got a meeting with myself <laughs> and the Lord. It's important. Practice Sabbath. Be thankful. Say thankful. Be a giver. You don't have to have a million dollars in your bank to be a giver. Think about the, the, the widow with two mites. Whatever you have. I was talking with a, a woman that I love so much, and she's here today. And I said, hey, Jake and I have had seasons where, you know, where we didn't, have a lot in the, we didn't have a lot in the bank. But we would just do little things. And the little things actually were the most precious. The most precious because it's all you had. And you're just so thankful to God for those little things. Live your life as a servant, living a life of generosity. It produces the fear of the Lord. 
Do you know, it's such a beautiful thing when you see people like, Lil came up to me right, right before I got up here and she was sharing with something that someone had done for uh, somebody else this morning. And it just totally spoke to this other person this morning about the love of Jesus Christ. They were having a hard week. And I thought, that's it. When we're worshipers of God, we hear those things. When we're walking closely with God, we hear those things. And it changes people's lives. Sometimes we're looking for these big, big things and this and that. You know, it's all awesome. And it's all significant. And people need the Lord. People need the Lord. People need you to be in a place where you're a worshiper of God. You're spending time with God. You're walking in the fear of the Lord. You're being obedient to God. Because people need Jesus. If people, that's why we're here. Because we are Jesus. We are his hands and his feet walking in this planet for such a time as this. Can we have the worship team come up? Church, let's stand up. We are living in tentative days. Lee had sent me a, a message. I can't remember if it was, it was two nights ago, two days ago. And um, I think it was at Abbey Senior. And someone at Abbey Senior had taken their life just this week. Church, it's happening too much. Too much. We need a revival of Jesus like never before. It's the fear of the Lord that will cause us to see things that ordinary people don't see. It's the fear of the Lord that will cause us to hear things that most people are too, too busy or too tired to hear. Like, hey, pick up the phone and go call that person because they need encouragement right now. I don't want to just focus on that. But it's about having capacity in our heart to be so used by God while we are here on earth. And if we are not full of him, we will have nothing to give away. If we don't have capacity in our heart, we might have something to give away. But we might not see them. We won't see the opportunity. We can be filled with all the knowledge of the world, but without the wisdom of God, it means nothing. And I want to read you a story. I just cried. I, I just, like a little girl, actually. It was kind of funny, but my mom called me, and she was telling me something that was happening yesterday, and I just started bawling. I think she was like, what is wrong with you? But I read this story yesterday, if I can find it. it so touched my heart we sang I've decided to follow or we talked about I've decided to follow Jesus the other day and I was thinking about it yesterday do you guys know the story behind the song and I heard the Lord say yesterday Jen go read the story behind the song about 150 years ago there was a great revival in Wales it was the Welsh revival as a result of this many missionaries came to northeast Africa or northeast India pardon me to spread the gospel the region known as Assam was comprised of hundreds of tribes who were primitive and aggressive headhunters. Into these hostile and aggressive communities came a group of Welsh missionaries 
spreading the message of love, spreading the message of peace and hope in Jesus Christ, naturally they were not welcomed. One Welsh missionary succeeded in converting a man, his wife, and two children. This man's faith proved contagious, and many villagers began to accept Christianity. Angry, the village chief summoned all the villagers. He then called the family who had first converted to renounce their faith in public or face execution. Moved by the Holy Spirit, the man instantly composed a song, which became famous in the years, and he sang, I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided, think about following the rabbi, to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Enraged at the refusal of the man, the chief ordered his archers to arrow down the two children. As both boys lay twitching on the floor, the chief asked, will you deny your faith? You've lost both your children, you will lose your wife too. But the man sang these words in reply, though none goes with me, still I will follow. Still none goes with me, I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. The chief was beside him with fury and ordered his wife to be arrowed down. In a moment, she joined her two children in death. Now he asked for the last time, I will give you one more opportunity to deny your faith and live. In the face of death, the man sang the memorable lines, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. He was arrowed down like the rest of his family, but with their deaths, a miracle took place. The chief who had ordered the killings was moved by the faith of the man. He wondered, why should this man, his wife and his two children, die for a man who lived in a faraway land on another continent some 2,000 years ago? There must be some remarkable power behind the family's faith, and I too want a taste of this faith. In a spontaneous confession, he declared, I too belong to Jesus Christ. We will obey God and not men. We will, like Peter said, we will obey God and not men. I too belong to Jesus Christ. I too belong to Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified. This was Paul. Paul who killed all the Christians who God converted by the power of his grace and Holy Spirit like only he can do. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And this life I live in the flesh. I now live by the Son of God who gave his life for me. When we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, everything changes. When we get up, like it says, start, start with bowing. In the morning, when we get up in the morning and we bow and say, King of Kings, what do you want me to do today? Everything changes. And guess what? People get saved. People will get healed. People get set free because you've now positioned yourself to walk and follow the King. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that His Spirit, His love, and His life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. 
And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.